Ready for a mic check, Polly? I sure am. Let's there comes it. a time when we heed a certain call. Kind of all layers on And the world must come together as one. Are you going soft? I went a little different this week. You know, it's just all this hardcore rap, so I thought I would bring us all together. Everybody's a lot of tension in the world this week. I thought I would bring something more kind to the podcast. This week we're joined by You ascended the scale just so perfectly. This is We Get It with Polly Sebelia and Brent Axe. We're joined by Dan Duva this week. Yeah. Hi. You're, you're officially the second guest on this podcast, by the way. Who was the first? This will be your first and last appearance on the podcast because Dan's going to be leaving us, as we'll get into. Uh, Josh from K-Rock had the honor of oh, being the well, first. That is quite an honor. So, I mean, you can't hold a candle to that guy. So, Not a chance. Technically, you're our first good guest <laughs> on this podcast. And ironically, he is in Vegas right now. Josh is in Vegas on vacation. What and is he doing? You're going to Vegas. I'm going, yes. He's on vacation with his Where wife. Where is he staying? Uh, Good question. I, I don't care, really. I nah, we we hope he Well, I'll need to sneak a donkey into his hotel room or something. We hope he falls in love with it and doesn't come back. Oh. So you might have a new friend out there. Oh, boy. This, from the start. It's a typical guy relationship I have with him. I have no idea where he's staying or what he's doing. I just know he's in Vegas for a week. Just get on his Facebook page, and we'll figure out what he's doing. He was by the sign at one point. I know that. And there was... It's really funny. He goes, he posted it from a distance, and he goes, this is the truth about the Vegas side. There's just, like, tons of people and Elvis impersonators and everything standing around it. This is going to be your world, Dan. You ready for this? No. But I will be. (laughs) So Dan Do is our guest. (laughs) And it's weird to say this, but now the former voice of the Syracuse Crunch, because congratulations to Dan. He is now the play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. So... I mean, we'll start right there. It's one thing to visit Vegas, like our friend Josh is. You're going to live in Vegas. Have you sought advice on what it's like to live in the desert? I don't know anyone who lives there outside of the team. I know people who know people who live there. And people say it's nice, but I I do not know anyone who who actually has lived there for a good period of time. So I I, I don't know exactly what the, the vibe will be like other than it will be a hot vibe. How do you deal with temptation? Because there's a lot of there's spend, a lot to do there. Spend a lot of time in the hockey rink, yeah, and spend a lot of time on the road, I suppose. Uh, hey, listen, there, there's there's a lot about Las Vegas that we, it seems, from the outside, consider Sin City, but there seems to be much beyond the Strip that is worth exploring. So I uh, look forward to seeing I, that. Uh, his biggest problem, knowing Dan, he's kind of a boring guy. No offense. <laughs> Your biggest uh, temptation is going to be the food, right? Yes. Your your biggest no ish, doubt. Your biggest challenge out there is going to be to maintain your current weight uh, and I, not eat your face <laughs> off. It's one of the best food cities in America. Brent, I'm trying to decrease the weight, not not <laughs> even stay the same. I already have a friend in Syracuse whose family owns a restaurant not two blocks off the Strip, and I looked it up. It's called Ferreros, and it's a place that I think I will be going Listen to. to. This guy, yeah, it's like a ten minute ride from the arena. So post game spot. I'm at least going to try out Ferreros. Can For- you explain to Paulie over here about the world of hockey and well, hockey status in this country and that it is easier to find these games than, than you seem to believe? It's not easy to find them unless you Sure you it is. Do you in- have the NHL app? No. Well, that's your problem. I if don't you have, have the, the MLB NHL app. NFL app. I don't have no. Paulie doesn't have an, uh, an iPhone. Yeah. No, no I don't. he does. I'll, I'll give Grandpa credit Just for that Just get one, the but. NHL app. 
and then you can listen to me all the time. I would like to watch the Broad Street Bullies play every once in a while. Whoa, great old school reference right there. Because I was a a Flyers fan at one point. I did like them with Rod Brindamore and John LeClaire and... Where's the Philly connection with you come from, by the way? Because you're a Sixers fan, too, right? Well, I was a Dr. J fan. Okay, all right. That, that's explainable. Can you walk us through the process of how one uh, ends up in an NHL play-by-play job? Like, <laughs> do, do, you, do you fill out an application? <laughs> to the average, borrow and steal? Yeah, yeah, how does that to, work? To, to, yeah. the, to the average Google fan. Google NHL play-by-play jobs? Like, to, how does this work? To the work? average fan, they're probably wondering, where, how the hell do you end up in the NHL? Yeah, you, you do not look in the classified ads in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and really, there's no application in terms of something to fill out and submit. Mm-hmm. It's not like applying to college. It's sort of a word-of-mouth type of thing. There have been times in my career people have come to me with, hey, would you be interested in this position? When I was not aware a position existed Mm -hmm. or was open. Now, with this team, everybody knew that they would look for broadcasters because they're an expansion franchise. So that was over two years ago that the idea of hockey in Las Vegas came to mind. And Bill uh, Bill Foley, the owner, brought it into reality. But they only officially got the team last June. And I've been tracking it all. You try to find out who's hired, who would then hire the broadcasters. Bill Foley can't run the team by himself. So you follow along with that, and then you figure out, well, do I know somebody who knows somebody? And you keep working that line. Then the big things that I look for, radio partner, TV partner. When those things were announced, the next step, of course, would be to find broadcasters. They would not hire a broadcaster before they had a radio station and before a TV station. And so when that did happen... You pushed a little harder. You found the right person. You followed up, sent samples of my work, and then you started calling in favors. You asked people who have supported you through your career, people in high places, from Jeff Vinnick, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, to Howard Dolgan, the owner of the Crunch, and many others in between. And they, thankfully, have put their neck out and put in a good word or two, and that's that's how, how it goes. In broadcasting, this is the equivalent of being good enough to play in the NHL. You And there's less spots for it. So you're, <laughs> There's only 30 of these yeah, jobs. There so are 31 you, now, right? Well, now there's 31 Vegas, teams. Yeah. When you also consider that most teams, with the exception of Dallas, a couple teams don't have a split TV radio. They'll actually still simulcast. But then, as much as we love our brothers to the north in Canada, it's almost impossible for an American-born person to get a play-by-play job for one of the Canadian teams. There happens to be one in Edmonton, but his stop before that was Alaska. Mm -hmm. So you take away a number of teams, and you think of which teams are in the United States. So you're right. There are not many opportunities. I think it speaks to the importance of connections, because you mentioned some people that you know. Can you help me out here? But it helps to connect with people who will speak on your behalf. Dan had Doc Emmerich, the best play-by-play announcer in any sport, let alone hockey, advocate for him reach out to Vegas for him and say, you need to hire this guy. And Doc is somebody who has really taken, as Dan can attest to, a lot of broadcasters under his wing. And Which, by the way, a lot of people in our business are very selfish and will hold on to Absolutely. whatever they have with a death grip. Whereas Doc Emmerich is secure enough in what he does to help out as many broadcasters as he can and will make that phone call on behalf of somebody and say, look, you know, you got to hire this guy. That that says a lot about somebody like Doc. Yeah, Howard was on my radio show here just a couple days ago and told me what I didn't really know about the conversation that he had with Mike Emmerich when the Crunch hired me. And I 
and Doc helped me out with the Devils gig years ago with the Crunch gig, and and uh, he he tries to play it as close to the vest and under the radar as possible. He won't say, "Hey Dan, I I just spoke to somebody. I just called somebody." Good. He won't tell me that he's doing it. You know, and what he said to Howard Dolgan, I did not know until Tuesday, which was, and and again, this was Howard telling me. I don't normally make phone calls to recommend somebody for the job, but I'm calling you about Dan. You at least have to talk to him. I didn't know that until Tuesday. Fantastic. Which w- was quite an honor. So I-, I have no idea what Doc may have said to the folks in Vegas, uh, but uh, I-, I was told by someone that uh, who is involved in the process, getting a phone call from Mike Emmerich was like delivering a haymaker. And congratulations to you. And now Paulie has somewhere to stay when he goes to the Bunny Ranch in Nevada. He's <laughs> I stay there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, don't you stay at the Bunny Ranch? <laughs> if Come I'm, on. If I'm paying, I'm staying. Apparently you were emasculated by a home chore. Oh, man. <laughs> so my faucet was leaking in my bathroom. So my wife says to me, and I should have just listened to my wife, which you can explain, uh, which explains a lot of things in my life. But she says, you got to call a plumber. My faucet is the the bathroom faucet is leaking. And I said, come on, I'm not going to call a plumber on a Saturday to pay for this. So what did I do? I go on YouTube and you watch these YouTube videos and they make it seem so easy. And every one of them says this is one of the easiest home improvement fixes you can have. So. Somehow I managed to replace the part of the faucet that needed to be replaced. But when I turned the main water line back on, the water wouldn't stop flowing. I couldn't shut it off. <laughs> and I had no idea how this happened. Yeah, so it's messy. Now I got to shut it off. And now I'm getting pissed off because what should have taken 20 minutes has taken an hour. It's taken two hours. And as I've had to do before, I go next door. Thank God for my neighbor, Bob. I knock on the door. He opens the door. Literally, what does he say to me? What'd you break now? (laughs) (laughs) He knows you well. So he comes over, and it didn't take him too long to figure out, but being the dumbass I am, there's a little part that goes in the faucet. It's a little spring and a little kind of black rubber thing. And if it's not where it needs to be, it doesn't shut the water off. It doesn't stop the water pressure from coming up. So I can't fix anything. This pisses me off because aren't we as males like isn't there something in our DNA that is predisp you know put out there too so we know how to fix stuff I can't even fix a freaking leaky faucet in my bathroom this is ridiculous they're taking things out of our hands can you fix a car anymore no one can go fix a car on his or her own you've got to bring it to a shop because cars are too advanced and it sounds like they're making faucets too advanced too well, we're gonna I, put a computer chip in there I couldn't believe this thing I remember in high school and I, I'm older than both of you that I had to take auto shop. And you didn't pass if you didn't know how to change the brakes or a tire on your it car. It was required? Yeah. You, well, you had four electives. You had wood uh, shop, yeah. home ec, auto shop, metal shop. And, you know, my my father said take auto shop because you're actually going to learn something. That's, that's practical you, yeah, no matter not, what you do in life. You're not going to be working in a kiln making ceramics or cooking. You can cook an egg yourself already, you know. Learn how to change your tires and brakes, and they don't. I don't think they make kids do See, that anymore. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. 
I know how to change a tire. I have managed to do that. But you just said it, Dan, with how advanced these things are. Can I just say, hey, Surrey, fix my flat tire at some point? I mean, that's yeah, going to come, they're, right? They're, they're taking uh, you know, the, the dirt off our hands. So we might be a little bit cleaner for it, but we don't know how to do anything when we need to. That's why we can't have robot umpires. Well, Paulie, I had a very similar. I was going to say, well, yeah. I didn't have a similar situation. I had a, uh, I had a bat in my house, and I get. I also watched YouTube videos. <laughs> There's while, YouTube videos for while, this. While uh, getting barnstormed by a bat, you know how to get a bat out of your. What house. What did you put into YouTube? That's what uh, I. How to know. get a bat out of your house? <laughs> I you can put anything into YouTube yeah. now. I. Uh, I woke up to my dog coming flying in my room barking at 2 a.m. Like, oh, shit, someone's in the house and I'm going to die, <laughs> you know. And uh, she's chasing it around, trying to catch it out of the air. And uh, nope, hour and a half chasing it with a broom. I had walked around to every window in the house indoor and opened them wide so that they could go out. Damn thing would not leave my house. And I don't know if it's my fault or not because I was swinging a broom at it, you know. But after an hour and a half at 3.30 in the morning, I finally tapped out and called the not. I didn't call 911. I called the non-emergency police number and said, (laughs) is there an animal control officer in East Syracuse? Because I have a bat in my house and I can't get this damn thing. Did they have one? She goes, let me call and see if we can get somebody out there. And while she's on the phone... The bat flew out the door. <laughs> After all, of the, bat, the, bat just, the bat just says, "I'm out of here." He's like, "I want to. I just want to make this pussy call the cops before, <laughs> before I, you know." See, that was it. Bats are blind, right? So once yeah. it heard you were on the phone talking to somebody asking for help, yeah. he said, "Okay." It had yeah. a warrant for its arrest. So it took off. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I spent an hour and a half chasing a bat. See? And you will scream when a bat flies within an inch of your head, whether you're... I I don't care who you are. You're like, oh, shit. Well, I don't want rabies. Yeah, there's a difference between not being manly and not being able to fix something and getting rabies. And how old were you when this happened? uh, 45. (laughs) I had this happen to me when I was 21 at a beach cottage. And, you know, we're renting a place. And it it was a summer time, and we were trying to get this bat out of the house and we didn't know what to do and i don't remember what happened i think we just like passed out because we're like well we can't get rid of it i would have been so, like oh well hope it disappears we never saw it well, you that. got a kid in the house so you yeah. gotta worry about that so stuff. And, and of course i'd have to be the one to get it out remember john candy though and dan Aykroyd, yeah. great outdoors and they've got all the you know the, they just found pots and pans and whatever they could in the house and chased it out of there that would be me Getting a bat out of the house. So well done making a phone call, Paulie. Yeah, Did you take I, video of this, by the way? No, I was. I'd too, love to see a, I was a, too a GoPro busy in the corner. To chase this bat. I'd love to see Paulie try to get a bat Videos out of the house. Videos or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure there's a recording of me calling the police. <laughs> Can we request the, nine, the, the 911 tapes? See, 911 tapes are public record. Yeah. You can request those. I wonder if just regular phone calls to the police I was can not be requested. calling 911. I'd love to, to see it. All right, boys. I thought, you know. We talk about sports movies a lot, so I wanted to take a, a different angle on this. I have, let me ask you a few different questions about sports movies. Okay, I'll start with this one. Who is the most believable actor who played an athlete in a sports movie that you've seen? You watch that and you said, you know what, I'm, I'm down with this. He seems like somebody 
that is a athlete of some sort. I'm going way too easy on this and saying Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. That's a great answer to that. I bought it. I bought that that guy was just an an average boxer that somehow pulled it off. The physical transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Okay, that might be the answer right there. I won an Oscar for it. Are we talking about just being an athlete or or? being true to life of a real athlete. Either or, whatever mm. jumps out of you. Because would, would he be better, or how about Robert De Niro as a boxer, as Jake yeah. LaMotta? That was pretty good, oh, too. Yeah. Mm. Boxing, it seems, lends itself because so much in, in the other sports, you know, you, you think of a baseball player, we know so many baseball players, but boxers, there aren't too many of them. And so you could see it a bit more realistically, a bit to some of those Golden Gloves bouts, and... You see some people who go up to fight, and you just thought they were a kid watching the last fight. And then they go up there. It, it just is the nature of the sport, I think. That could be part of it. I felt that way about baseball players. Like, I felt like anybody could play a baseball player. Because, you know, the, you go, you got body types from John Cruck to, you know, Aaron Judge. Well, yeah. That leads me to my least believable actor as an athlete. John Goodman as Babe Ruth. Did oh, you ever gosh. see The Babe with John yeah, Goodman? Was terrible. Oh, my. It awful. was awful. I couldn't. Now he play. He looked like Babe Ruth, but when he went out there and tried to be Babe Ruth as an athlete, could not be worse. I have a hot take on least believable. I'm going Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf. There is no way Michael J. Fox made the high school basketball team. Paulie, what you're telling me is that normally at high school basketball games, people don't turn into werewolves and no, start dunking. No, is no, this what you're I'm telling not, me? Not, no, I get the werewolf thing. But wouldn't like have John Cusack or somebody else been way more believable that they actually made the team? He before? was kind of short. Not only did he make the team, he was like the best player on the team, supposedly. Yeah, he's like five two. Well, was he less believable or the what was the fat guy's name on the but team? I thought, <laughs> he made the basketball team too. Maybe it was just me, but there was always a kid on our high school basketball teams that was fat and out of shape. But there was never anybody my size on the team. <laughs> That's a great answer, by the way. One of the best songs in a sports movie ever, Teen Wolf. Win in the end. I'm gonna win in the end. Not All bad. Right. What about I, I, Karate Kid? What do you got? There, karate Kid, yeah. you know, the only one that, that comes to mind is not even an athlete. I just love, and I forget the actor's name, but who portrayed Herb Brooks in, uh, in Miracle? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Thank you. Yeah, it was on the tip Kurt of my Russell tongue. Are you the one least believable for no, that? No, oh, no, no, no. The I'm opposite. About to slap the you opposite. in the face. No, I that was fantastic. Was, that's what yeah. I'm saying. No, absolutely among the most believable. And, and almost when you think of Herb Brooks, you almost think of him first. He nailed Herb Brooks. He, I, I am dead serious when I say this. He should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. That was the first, when you asked me that question, when we brought it up, that was the first person who came to mind. Not an athlete in the film, but the coach. And you even had some players on in the film who themselves played college hockey. So you do have some of those, and we know in Slapshot that was the case too. But uh, but in terms of coach and nailing a real life person, I, I thought that uh, that was tremendous. All right, let me go quickly. Kurt, through. Ru- Kurt Russell's in my favorite football movie, by the way. When you're going into this, so. what do we think of Kevin right, Costner? Is that all the, the right moves? Yeah, well, you can ask me. I'll tell you when you pick. Go set us up here, kid. <laughs> well, I just did like two minutes ago. No, for be- you're going to go through best. Oh, oh, for the movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's start there. Uh, I'm going to go through football, basketball, hockey, baseball. What just pops to your mind 
best sports movies in those categories. I'll start with you. Mine is very, very obscure, and it's Best of Times with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell is my favorite football movie. Best of Times? Yeah. They go back and replay a high school game where Robin Williams dropped the pass in the end zone. You've never seen this? This is a thing? I've never heard of I don't think I've seen this. You've never seen this movie? No. No. They... In high school, Kurt Russell and Robin Williams are on a football team, and he throws a pass, a Hail Mary, and Robin Williams drops it in high school, and 30 years later, they go back and play, replay the game with the two teams, and Robin Williams has to catch the ball at the end again. And <laughs> it's, you are I, selling this hard. I yeah, want to see it's this. It's a great okay. movie. This. It's a great movie. I haven't seen that. Wow. So I got to go North Dallas 40 for football. Oh, that, I was going to say that. Uh it is cliche, but Rudy somehow has a certain place in sports movie history, given the history. How I mean, it's you know, it's hard not to shed a tear at the end of Rudy. This sport causes like death battles between people. So let's go baseball, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Major League. If you look at Major so League, quotable. the story of that team, how quotable it is. Yes, it's a comedy, and there's comedy elements in there, but it is a great baseball movie. It is. I'm a natural guy. I love the natural. The theme music for the natural. Yeah. That's, that's music in a bit. baseball movie. Yeah. Uh, not Summer Catch. Uh, Even though you're uh, you're a big, uh, you know, right. he, he actually did play-by-play play for the team the Freddie Prince Jr. The plays. That's right. For he replaced Kurt Gowdy. Was it the boy from right field or left field with Gary Coleman in the Padres? I get her. I have to look at that one. That's a horrible one. By yeah. the way, you have to look. You that. you are the king of obscure sports movies. Yeah, really? These are what about two Ti- I've not. What heard about of? Tiger Town with the the guy from uh, Jaws? Roy Snyder is that who's the, who is it? Tiger oh. Town. Yeah, I don't even know that yeah. one. <laughs> I I love sports movies. You're well, gonna... well, there's 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 obviously not summer catch. Uh, you know, to me, there's something about the story in Bull Durham. And the life in the minors, it is a romantic comedy, truly, but the characters in it are so well-developed. I really, I could watch Bull Durham multiple times and still enjoy it. I'm glad nobody said Field of Dreams, because I will fight to the death. Field of Dreams is not a baseball movie. It is not a baseball movie. It's a movie about a man. Baseball is the backdrop, building the field. It's But Field of Dreams is a story about a son that reconnects with his father, and baseball happens to be the vehicle for it. What's it's the, not a baseball movie. Why though. am I drawing a blank? The Chick movie with all the chicks playing. That's a great movie. Oh, uh, oh, a League of the Rings. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic. I'd put that in my movie. top five. No question yeah, about it. Because the story of that entire movie was about baseball. Yeah. And I you like want to talk about making a bunch of people that you know, like you know, as actors and actresses. Madonna was in that. that Rosie O'Donnell make us believe that they could actually play. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. Uh, hockey, we'll uh, start with Dan being the hockey play-by-play announcer. I mean, how can you not go with Slapshot? I mean, Slapshot's, I mean, that's the standard. That could be the best sports movie ever. Uh, Slapshot is the first one that comes to mind. When you're a kid, you got to love Mighty Ducks. But as an adult, it's Slapshot. Hey, you brought up Miracle. A miracle's a great story. It's not necessarily a hockey movie. It's, it, it takes on bigger themes, but it, this is Slapshot. There's just no debate here. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm going to throw something at you. Happy Gilmore. Is it a golf movie or a hockey movie? <laughs> wow. Because that is a great movie. Yeah, wow. it's true. <laughs> I got a golf, but it's, by the slimmest of margins because he uses a hockey swing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's got to be a golf movie just because of the setting. Yeah. Uh, but, but right, I mean, it, just the, he's wearing his Bruins jersey throughout <laughs> much of it, the swing and everything, and he identifies himself as a hockey player through the whole film. Is yeah. there a better basketball movie than Hoosiers? No. 
I don't think so. It's, it, I can't think of one. I don't think white so. Man, yeah, or, uh, white yeah, Man Can't Jump White, white Man Can't Jump yeah. is... But I wouldn't necessarily qualify that as a basketball movie. Yeah. Hoosiers is all about basketball. White Man Can't Jump is almost about the hustle and the life in these guys and what they have to do. Right. To, I, 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 I love It's more that of a movie. comedy if you really yeah. think about it. It's a terrific, terrific movie, though. A certain I'm, generation will talk about Space Jam. Uh, you know, I don't know. Stop. Blue it. chips. Just, no. no. I, I'm with you on What's Hoosiers, What's wrong with though? Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, Basketball he, Diaries? Yeah, is that it? that's pretty good. Jim Beheim was in both Blue Chips and He Got Game. So we got to give credit to that. Mm. Ray Allen was in He Got Game, too, right? Worst actor. Maybe we should have included this in our conversation earlier, because both Ray Allen and... Penny Hardaway in their respective movies. <laughs> They're believable as basketball players, but worst it. athletes that were actors, <laughs> those two are right up there. I mean, Penny Hardaway, Blue Chips. Coach, if I leave the team, will my mom lose her house and job? <laughs> Where do you put Ace Ventura in the, in, the, uh, in the sports movie category? Is that a sports movie? You know what else uh, you can qualify as a sports movie in a way is coming to America. Oh, mm. in, into face is one of my favorite lines. What in, are you doing? He's... This is the halftime. It's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> but it, uh, look, Ray Finkel is, is central to the story. Yeah. Finkel is fine, and I love it because it just rips the Miami Dolphins. Oh bit. yes, as and a Bills that, fan, I get as a, lot a Jets of fan. I'm with that. you on that as well. There you go. And as a fan of the Steelers who actually win, I don't care. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. No, 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 no. Do you think hockey will survive in the desert? Yes! <laughs> it sure as hell better. <laughs> if not, I'm coming back here. It's going to be a flop. Well, it, it's I, done. I've always thought... Two what? years and it's out. No, I'm kidding. I think it actually will I mean, They've got 16,000 season tickets. They capped it at 16,000. They sold out all 44 suites. Now, there's a certain interest, curiosity about the first major league team. Even teams that have struggled, like, say, the Arizona Coyotes, like, the, like they're still there. Sure, the Atlanta Thrashers move, but, you know, it's it's not too often that you're going to see teams go belly up these days. I can't imagine that Bill Foley, who created the franchise, in a few years is just going to run out of Vegas and go somewhere else. You I just what? don't see it happening. You know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to work because Vegas is so much about people coming in from out of town to do the things in Vegas people are sick of and do all the time. Mm -hmm. Having a professional sports team, that's ownership. That, that's something that you live in Vegas, this is something I do in Vegas. And then when the Raiders come in as well, now you've got two things that people that live there, whether you're from Vegas or not, can say this is something that's ours. Not the casinos, not everything they've done a hundred times already. Going to a hockey game 40 times a year or however many times you go. There's some ownership Well, there. that's the thing that uh, I think average people like myself, I like to consider You're myself. You're very here. average, yes. yes uh, that you don't really think people live in Vegas. You don't put that together. There's you like th three million people yeah, there. You don't, you don't think that, though, as a, like a normal human. You just think it's a bunch of tourists there and... There just happens to be waiters and waitresses <laughs> that live somewhere. They drive in from L.A. <laughs> yeah. and go yeah. they, they're commuters. Yeah. yeah. And I got one more question for you guys. This will be controversial. Do you think Syracuse will be 3-0 and heading into the LSU game? I do not. Whoa, hot I, I, take. I do not. Who's going to beat them? They, they could lose to Middle Tennessee State. They could lose that game. But you're giving a definitive no. If you're asking me to pick between the two, I'm going to say no. I think they are going to lose to Middle Tennessee State. I'm going they will be. 
They'll be three and zero. Yes, okay. and I don't think they'll be challenged. Middle I Tennessee think Middle State. Tennessee State's great. They have a great quarterback. They have one of the best kind of all around players on offense in the country, and they have a coach who obviously was here, but knows how to target the opposing team's quarterback and can take Eric Dungy out of his game. I they can spring that upset. I know that we're at a point with Syracuse football that they can't lose one of those three games, and I don't think that they will. If they do, uh, their, their battleship sunk. Yeah, for right the season. There. Yeah, Because the, the schedule over. after that is just a bear. The season's over if you lose one of those three. And I think that's why they will go 3-0. I think that last year, you know, we, we did not yet know what Amba Edetawa was going to turn into. We also, at this point, in terms of the injuries that, that did occur, to me that there there are there are enough positives and enough places that there should be improvement from year one to year two that it will not surprise me if they're three and zero, but it also won't surprise me if they lose one if they do lose that game. I say they go three and zero. Two against one, jerk. Sure.